Okay, let's get it going then. Circle the Wagons, episode one. First question, boys. Was was one hour on the airways not enough? Like, why? We're, we're here stuffing ourselves in a podcast booth. We Do do we need more? I don't understand. Yeah, we do need more. Because <laughs> you can never talk enough about wagons. That's, so, that's a fair point. Here we that's are. We got, we got a <gasps> semester. Sorry. <laughs> we got a semester of radio under our belts. Hopping into semester two. And we're like, you know what? We only get an hour on the radio. So, and there's like, you got to wagons you can't just put them on an wagons hour. Wagons, just put them on an hour so like and sports in general so we're like you know what just sports, so many wagons that need to be talked about yeah so and like, we can also throw out a subtle cuss here or there <laughs> on the podcast this, can't all, this, the radio. all this kid wants to do is was that, was you that, never know what you can get if you have was a, that your incentive to just drop bombs on the radio not, no no I, my mother might listen to this but if you have like a heated <laughs> argument sometimes they like yeah. Propel your argument forward, but just, just drop like a gosh darn it, yeah, dang flabby, like you can't do that. So, okay, um, let's before we get into the meat potatoes, we got some football to discuss. I love that you said meat potatoes, yeah. by the way, too. Appreciate that. So, before we get into the meat and potatoes, let's talk about today's wagon a little bit. Yeah, Andrew, I'll let you take this one because you know more about him than either one of us. But it was Novak Djokovic, yes, sir, little Aussie open action, yeah, killing the game as a top seed as he should. Sets up a championship matchup with Rafi Nadal. So why is he our wagon today? Um, well, I want to do kind of switch it up a little bit because we've been doing the wagon for approximately, what, a week now? Maybe like nine days? Yeah, we're experts. Yeah, we're experts. Um, and we've been doing a lot of basketball and hockey because, of course, footballs. there's only well, one game left now in the Super Bowl, which we'll get into more next uh, week. Pro Bowl. Well, yeah, okay, sure. Anybody cares about the Pro Bowl. Skills Cup was wild last week. Jamal Adams sent Brian Erlacher into the pool. Yeah, our biggest win all season. What? Jets' biggest win all season. Oh, no, I saw him hit the, the Pats mascot. Yeah, that was funny. I'm going to say, does he not know this? The guy had to get sent to the hospital. No, no, no like, he didn't. That was fake. Uh, he didn't get sent to the hospital. <laughs> it was fake. <laughs> anyway. I so, thought it was scripted, too. So yeah, it was definitely uh, scripted. Right, so I wanted to kind of switch it up a little bit. So I said, you know what? Why not pick Novak Djokovic? He's arguably the best tennis player in the world right now. He's won back-to-back majors, looking for his third. He's lost just two sets in this Australian Open. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it is really crazy. And, I mean, he looked like a wagon. He looked like a beast last night against uh, Louis Puy. I try my best <laughs> try my best uh, French impression there. Puy, he was the, the 28th-seeded guy, so, like, you can't really expect much from him. But he only won four games the entire game the entire match. Right. Djokovic won 6-low, 6-2, 6-2, to cruise in the final. And after uh, Roger Federer got upset by... Uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas, who's a stud Greek guy, twenty, I think he's twenty years old, a young up and coming uh, Greek man in the in the tennis world. Um, all roads are leading to the one and two with Rafa and Novak Djokovic. So, the final is at three thirty a.m. on Saturday night, Sunday morning. I don't believe I'll have the guts to get up for that <laughs> one, although I'd love to see that. But it should be a great match for those people who. People on the West Coast who will stay up late and watch it, or people on the East Coast who have more more power than I do to get up and watch that one. So you said along for three twenty nine. That's actually really good. I think. This guy, <laughs> I might I might get up. <laughs> I might set an alarm for like five thirty and see where the match is at. And if yeah. it's like so close, then maybe I'll watch a couple couple sets. But yeah, it should be it should be a good match regardless, and a nice way to kick off the the major season in in tennis. It's, I think it's, somebody tweeted, it was a baseball guy, because I have a ton of baseball Twitter notifications, like, sent on my phone. I think it might have been John Heyman. He tweeted that he's never remembered, like, a sport who's had three of its best players playing at the same time. And right. you can make an argument that Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer are the three best te- male tennis players of all time. Right. And then throw in, like, Pete Sampras, John McEnroe, guys like that. So, it's a really unique look for the world of tennis, and I know tennis isn't very popular in America anymore since there's not really any good American males. Uh, I mean, obviously, Serena Williams is th- probably, you can say arguably, but I would say it's not really much of an argument. She's the greatest female tennis player of all time. She's still chugging along, even though she lost in the quarterfinals this year. Um, I, I, I got into tennis a couple of years ago, and Obviously, I just knew like the main guys like right. Federer and Nadal and Djokovic, and it's crazy like that they're still playing at such a high level. Right. And Federer, people wrote off Federer two years ago. He hadn't won a major since like 2010, 
and then he's won three since. Right. So it's crazy. He has the most most majors as any male tennis player. So it's kind of crazy that arguably three of the best male tennis players of all time are still playing and still right. in their primes. Let's hop into the biggest stories, and Nick, you can finally contribute something here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know anything about tennis. Um, yeah, okay. uh, Rafa, <laughs> si- since we last spoke on the airways, we got playoff football. Playoffs? Imp- play- playoffs? More <laughs> importantly, we got conference championship football with two huge, I- I- one obviously bigger than the other, but two hugely questionable calls. We'll start with, we're going to start with the AFC or the NFC. The NFC is bigger. We NFC. Might, might take more time to conquer. Okay, yeah, AFC. Start the NFC. Uh, oh. Okay. What, wait. <laughs> you said NFC. No, no, just go. Okay. I thought you said NFC. No, just roll with it. All right, whatever. So, AFC, um, there was a, a, like a minor controversy here. I think overall the Pats probably did it play better. They had a two-touchdown lead. They executed an overtime. They did their thing. D. Ford was six inches offside yeah. when Tom Brady – through a season-ending interception, essentially. He gets flagged for offside, and the pass draft continues the first down. Now, they went back and looked at that. D4, absolutely offside. D4 across the line of scrimmage. But I forget what his name is. The pass left tackle. Trent Brown. Trent Brown. Mammoth of a man. Must have been three feet off the line of scrimmage. And it, it's it was such a clear... Uh, Im- Illegal formation. That's what I'm looking for. Illegal formation. That a lot of people are questioning, how were you able to pick out D. Ford so easily, but then had no idea what Trent Brown was doing, three feet off the line of scrimmage. That being said, if if Trent Brown, if the two pennants offset, which is what would have happened, we would have had a third and ten, or a third and five, whatever the yard marker was, and the game's a whole different story, right? Yeah, essentially. That's that's like the controversy. I don't. I mean, if it's even a controversy, it's, yeah. it's it's a missed call. But I mean, but then they also had. <clears throat> well, that was in the fourth quarter, right? Right. That, yeah. Well, then I know in overtime, obviously that wouldn't have contributed to overtime. But in overtime, you also had Tom Brady complete like five straight third down right. passes. So who's to say that he would have completed that anyways? Well, actually, that's not a good point. I'm forgetting one thing. Roughing the passer. That I will. That was yeah, a big call. What was that? I'll give him that. Um, that's that's a slap. That's something that you're. Your newborn child does to you, and you laugh it off, and they get 15 yards in the first down. I don't understand. Yeah, it's just tough. I mean, everybody's gonna say like, "Oh, it's the Patriots; they're getting calls, blah blah blah." But the Patriots—they were the better team. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Chiefs obviously are—they've been great all year. Patrick Mahomes—if he doesn't win the MVP, that's just—that's just ridiculous. Uh, and the fact that I'm—I'm not, I'm not advocating that the NFL change the overtime rules, but as a fan. It sucks that Patrick Mahomes didn't get a chance right. to, to play in overtime, and I mean, you gotta give if if the Pats win the coin toss in in overtime, you're losing. It's a nine hundred percent chance you're losing that right. game because if you yeah. give Tom Brady the ball in clutch time, there's no way he's not right. gonna at least get a field goal out of it. And we saw it in in the Super Bowl two years ago against the Falcons. He just drove down there. I think it was like four minutes they mm-hmm. scored, and then in this one, I don't know how much time they. They took off the clock, but he, he just ran it down there. Right. And my boy Rex Burkhead again, getting get the game when he touched I think it would only make sense if, if the pass were to get a touchdown and the, the Chiefs should have a chance to match. I think that would make the most right. logistic sense. I, I think that you're right in the way that, um, or especially I can understand why the Chiefs would be mad because you have who everybody knows is going to be the MVP. And he doesn't get a chance to touch the ball, which – doesn't make sense, but then, you know, don't act like you didn't have chances to win the game right. in the fourth quarter. You know, you had, um, they picked off Julian Edelman, didn't do anything with it. Um, again, you know, you were saying the D. Ford lining up offsides. And by the way, D. Ford's getting a lot of hate. He had a great season. Oh, he, he was are, a pro bowler, probably one of the best edge rushers in the league. Um, and, you know, if, if those calls go a different way, like you said, if it's third down, if they call Trent Brown and it's offsetting, or if D. Uh, Ford just lines up, 50 yards back where he was, he'd be onside. <laughs> yeah. um, but they had the chances to win the game, and they didn't. And um, it was exciting between that right. and the NFC games. You know, we had two good football games to watch. Yeah, and you guys led me right into my next point, which was both of these games, less so the NFC game because the Saints did have their opportunity and didn't score. But especially in the AFC game, absolutely what's being begged into question is do the overtime rules need to change? A lot of people are requesting the college rules, which is put them on the 25, let them go at it, Touchdown, let him match the touchdown. Mm-hmm. And after like two or three overtimes, I think, like then you're required to go for two. Um, do you guys see any overtime rule changes coming, especially when you've got 
statistically the best offense in the NFL, which was Kansas City, going to overtime, and Patrick Mahomes doesn't even touch the football. Yeah, I think they should, especially the NFL when, you know, they're all about uh, for the brand and, and the way that since Goodell's come in, how the NFL's, like, taken off as, you know, I remember they were, uh, I think, because the Saints lost, and I think it was, like, a, I don't know if it was, like, a representative down there, but he, like, went to to a, a, a town meeting and, like, brought out, like, big pictures of the thing, and he's like, like, a government's in shutdown for 35 days, we're going to stand here and talk about the Saints and how they should have won this right. game. And um, I think that the NFL kind of, like, encapsulates all of America, and it's, like, people say baseball is America's sport, but I think it's more of a... Totally forgot where I was going on this. <laughs> <laughs> the NFL. Um, but, oh, yeah. But I think if you want to make more money, it would make sense to do how they did in college. You think right. when uh, Alabama... When they were in, when they went into overtime against who was that Georgia? Georgia, yeah. And they were just slinging it back and forth, touchdowns to eventually won it with that pass. How entertaining was that? I think if the NFL could do that, especially with, you know, you have NFL caliber players rather than college football players. You have Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes battling out. Um, it would be a lot more entertaining, and it would make the NFL a lot more money. I think. Right. I think if you were to do that, I don't, I don't think you can put it on the twenty-five. I don't either. That would be, that would be way too easy. I'd push it back. I would say fifty because that's like the easiest. Maybe even like the forty-yard line or something, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the argument that people want both both quarterbacks and both teams to have a chance to score and match each other if, if possible. Uh, so I don't know. I'm a little I'm a little on the edge of I'm in the middle. I'm on the fence. I'm not really sure where I would go with it. If it were my team, if I were a Chiefs fan, obviously it would suck that you don't even get a shot. But I mean, you're lucky to be in that game anyway because. The pass are up fourteen nothing at the one yard line, and Brady throws a pick. Right. Yeah. And that turned the entire the whole game. If Brady doesn't throw a pick there, Pats at least score a field goal, and it's a three possession game, mm-hmm. and it's tough to get back in even with the league MVP. So, I understand if you're a Chiefs fan, it sucks, but you had a great season, and I think any football fan, if there was a redraft right now and you had to pick one player to build a team around, I'm ninety nine percent sure most people would pick Patrick Mahomes. Right. Yeah. So I, you can't complain about that. You have a Hall of Fame coach in Andy Reid. You still got plenty of years left in the tank. Your defense is kind of suspect, I guess, but that offense is going to be putting up forty points a game for the next four or five years while those guys are still in their prime. Right. So if you're a Chiefs fan, this all stings, but you got a great team and you're pretty much guaranteed a playoff spot the next two or three years at right. least. Especially too for the Chiefs, you think about how close that game was. Everything kind of went right for them, other than up until. Uh, you know, obviously the punt return, even Julian Edelman, if he touched it or not, yeah. two plays later, it bounces off of Julian Edelman, you know, one of the, the, the best catchers. How many times do you see that happen to Julian right. Edelman? He drops the ball, yeah. bounces off his hands, goes right into the guy's uh, arms. And then obviously you have ball don't lie. the play that Brady was picked off when D4 was offside. He threw it to Rob Gronkowski, all pro tight end, nobody right. within 10 yards, and it goes right off his hands into the, into the other team. So, like, everything kind of went right for them to be in that position and you think of like when I say like they kind of squander their chance like that's what I mean like the game was theirs to lose right. everything was going right for them and then they just kind of pissed it away right I, I see if you're a Chiefs fan I think you have every right to complain about uh, how close you were with D4 lining up offside and and getting that that ascend that season the Super Bowl ticket that interception like I get where the anger is coming from but at the same time like yeah, like like so much had to go right prior to that yeah. to even get into that situation that it's almost I wouldn't call it an empty argument because there absolutely is an argument there, but mm-hmm. I think the odds were so stacked against your favor and you came so far. Andrew, you made a great point about the overtime and how if they started at the twenty five, it'd be far too easy. Which is like you're right. I've been seeing that everywhere. Like oh, just start on the twenty five. Let them go back and forth. Yeah. Remember the Texas A and M LSU game. When they went to yeah, seven they went overtimes. Seven overtimes yeah. That was fun until about the fourth overtime. Yeah. <laughs> like, it got to a point where I was like, all right, we'll wrap it up. Like, yeah. come on. So, I, I think if you start on 25, not only are you opening that up, but you're also giving these really good NFL red zone offenses that we're seeing are only getting better now. You're giving them unfair advantages over teams that might not be as efficient in the red zone. And then the argument is like, oh, we'll just be better in the red zone. The, the red zone... Red zone offense, in my opinion, is a lot like kicking. You guys both know how I feel about kicking. (laughs) I mean that in the sense that it's just one very minor aspect of the game, and you might have a really good offense in general that's not that good in the red zone for whatever reason. So I think if you were to do that kind of overtime rule, starting them at midfield or starting them at even somewhere in their own territory, like 35 or the 40, 
and making them build the drive in order to score. You'd get both teams to touch the ball, but you wouldn't get scores like, I don't know, 74 to 68, I think, yeah. was the score of the LSU game, which is not only absurd, but if you're going to keep the score like that, then you've got suddenly the Chiefs score 74 points in the game, 50 of which are essentially fake. And you go from a team that averages 25 points a game to 35 points a game because of one week. Yeah. So, also, you know, with back to the Chiefs, when you think of the Chiefs this whole season, they kind of just you talk about best offense. They rolled over the their entire composition. I know they lost to the Pats like week six regular season. Other than that, they went twelve and four. It played great uh, all season. You get to the playoffs, they had like thirty two total yards the first half. Right. Tyreek Hill had one catch all game. Him and uh, Travis Kelsey combined at like less than twenty receiving yards. It's not the same Chiefs team that we've seen as of late. So I think that. I mean, I've said it enough times. Like they put themselves in a position to win because they're like they were run over the first half by Tom Brady. Second half, they were able to put up 24, 28 points and right. make it a game. So even if we were to go into overtime, and even if they were to get another chance, I don't know if Pat. I mean, it's you say these things, but like he is the MVP. But the way that that game was going, like you don't even know if he would have been able to return it for a touchdown. Right. But um, I do think that overtime should change. Whether or not whether they place the ball, I know you say you don't like twenty-five yard line. I think it's still kind of entertaining, especially. NFL players doing it rather than college football players, but it goes back and forth. And if it's a situation like this where the winner goes to the Super Bowl, if it's Tom Brady is going to go to his 10th Super Bowl or Pat Mahomes is going to dethrone him, and it, especially with the Chiefs offense now, they don't have Kareem Hunt, like I said, Tyreek Hill, and uh, tight end. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, we weren't playing well, so he kind of has to take the whole offense and do his own thing. And to see him be able to do that, you know, with getting numerous touchdowns and overtime to beat Tom Brady, I think would have been exciting. Right. Um, okay, let's talk about the NFC game. Because this, there are some pretty heated opinions about this game. There are letters being written to the commissioner. People are going to court, like a federal court about it. Essentially, if you live under a rock, the Saints were ahead. No, I'm sorry, the game was tied, right? It was 20-20. Yeah. to 20. Yep. And the Saints are driving with about two minutes left. Um, Drew Brees throws a wheel route to Tommy Lee Lewis, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Nikhil Roby Coleman... Uh, suddenly turns Tommy Tommy Lee Lewis into a boxing bag and runs him <laughs> over. Completely runs him over. Doesn't turn his head, doesn't hunt, search for the ball, nothing. And it goes unflagged. Now, by definition, pass interference, this isn't by definition, this is a loose interpretation. Pass interference is when a defender inhibits a receiver's ability to catch the ball without also trying to, like, slap the ball away. Mm-hmm. So if two guys are fighting for the ball... That's fine if the defender is tracking the ball and not the player. Yeah. And Nicole Ruby Coleman didn't turn his head around. He he had he you know like like a you ever seen shows when like you go inside the guy's head and it's like target acquired and it's just yeah. straight at them. That's what that's essentially what Nicole Ruby Coleman did. It goes unflagged. The Saints set up for a field goal. The Rams tie it up and then win in overtime. Now if that did get flagged whether it be pass interference or helmet-to-helmet contact or whatever you want, because there are about six different penalties you could have called there. If it did get flagged, Saints get a first and goal with all three timeouts, and essentially they've got the ability to run the clock out, win the game in regulation. If Will Lutz can hit a 25-yard chip shot, which he can, he, I mean, we're talking in a year that's been bad for kickers. Will He's Lutz no has Cody been, Tarky. Well, yeah, Will <laughs> Lutz has been exceptionally above average in a in a season that's been riddled with poor kicking so i want to know with you guys do you think with everything that happened do you think that that one play cost the saints their season well the easy question is to say yes because of just what happened i mean the fact that he just absolutely destroyed him and then the f- also, I don't know if you saw the NFL today fine him like twenty five thousand right. dollars for yeah. hits the head. So you could have thrown two flags there, essentially pass interference or hit the head. Right. Um, and they didn't call anything. The fact that there was one ref five feet to the left of him didn't make the call. I thought it was ridiculous. But um, you know, you you always say they still would have had to make something out of it, even if they did get a pass interference. Was it was the score tied? Yes. How much time was left? Uh, I think I forget if it was before or after the two minute warning, but it was well, around there. Who would have said that? You know, obviously Will Lutz is a good kicker, but who would have said they would have missed? You know, we all thought Cody Parkey would have made the kick. Right. We all thought who, he also had. I keep going back to Cody Parkey. I feel bad for the guy. But he also <laughs> hit the upright four times right. in one game. In a year where we've seen kickers just absolutely crap their pants, who would have said that Will Lutz in that situation wouldn't have missed either? So, 
I think it's easy to say that, yeah, it cost the game. And honestly, I think it did. But there's also an argument for that. It didn't cost the game because football is kind of, it's, everything matters. You know, Will Lutz doesn't go out there and hit the kick, then they lose. If, God forbid, uh, somebody fumbles it, they lose. Or, you know, you never know if maybe the Rams will get a touchdown. But Andrew, do you think the Saints should be preparing for the Super Bowl right now? Um, this might be a bit of a hot take here. But I think the Rams are the better team on Sunday. And I think they deserve to win. And I don't think that game... I am an advocate that I don't... I don't say that one play costs a team a game or that a ref costs a team a game or something like that. Here's the facts. That was a bad non-call. It should have been a flag. Like Nick said, like you said, Will Lutz probably makes that field goal. But it's not a given. The Saints had a 13-0 lead at home in the NFC Championship game and got it to that point where it was 2020. They won the coin toss in overtime. Drew Brees, who, if if Patrick Mahomes didn't have the greatest, uh, what am I trying to say? He's not a rookie, but it's his first first starting season. So essentially, rookie season ever. Drew Brees is probably your league MVP this year. Hall of Fame Fame quarterback, uh, my silly, yeah, but Hall of Fame quarterback Drew Brees, he was hit as he threw, but he threw an interception on that drive. Which led to the Rams scoring right. and kicking a field goal to win the game. By the way, Greg Zerloin, nice voice crack by me. Clutch, ice in his vein, 57 yard yeah. field goal as time expired to send it to overtime, and then hit something. I think it was like 35 yards in overtime, but still. So, Saints fans, I understand this one sucks. As an Eagles fan, I know all about heartbreak. And by the way, LOL at the Saints fans who are finding ways to sue the NFL yeah, because uh, this, yeah. by, by all means, made them feel bad. Hey, listen. Philadelphia has been feeling bad for 50 years before they finally won a Super Bowl last year. So we can we can throw out all, every single lawsuit at the NFL for lessening our enjoyment of the NFL. So get out of here with that bullshit. Here's the thing with that. Philly loses before last year. Philly's seasons, there was never like one moment where you were like, oh, we're going to go win the Super Bowl. And then in like that, it's like, oh, psych. You know, I don't know much about like the Eagles season-by-season season history, but... It seems to me like if if there's one team who has just had it so bad the past two years, it's the New Orleans Saints. Look at the last the look at the ways they've lost the last two playoff games. Yeah. Minneapolis Miracle and that crap. Yeah. So sorry, I completely cut you off. But I understand in my opinion, I think the Saints should be getting ready for the Super Bowl right now. Because I under, I, I agree with the argument that like, oh, one game doesn't or one play doesn't define a game. In most instances, yes. But in that instance, I think it absolutely did. You mentioned, you guys both mentioned Drew Brees driving overtime. Well, if that call, if that flag gets thrown in the air, 99.9% chance Drew Brees doesn't even need to make a drive in overtime mm-hmm. because Will Lutz yeah. makes a chip shot field goal or Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara's got f- three chances to get two yards. One, I don't know where they, they probably would have spotted the ball at the one, to be honest with you. Yeah. Alvin Kamara's got three chances to go one yard or Mark Ingram or whoever else in their, their affluence of riches they want to hand the ball to. Yeah. So I know nothing's ever given in football. We saw that with the, with Cody Parkey. We saw that with uh, the NFC Division around last year with the Minneapolis Miracle. But I think in this instance, that play absolutely cost them the game. They should be getting ready for the Super Bowl right now. But that being said, I understand Ben Watson's reaction because the commissioner has gone five, six days now without a word about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that as the leader, as, as the, the figurehead of the National Football League, you need to come out and say, listen, we screwed up. This is a blown call. I understand that. Lawsuits, uh, what else? Like, uh, every, every, like, yeah, lawsuits. I, I, there's a GoFundMe going around. They put on. up billboards in a billboards. Atlanta, like Michael, billboards. Michael Thomas is trying to, there's apparently yeah. an article in the NFL <laughs> official rules that, like, the game can be replayed. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, it would be funny as hell if the Rams just, like, routed it. They probably wouldn't, but if they did replay that. And they won. Game, and the Rams just, like, routed them. Like, okay, so go sit down now. Right. <laughs> I, I, I know it's a frustrating loss, and, of course, after last year, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Payne's game planning for the Patriots right now because last year he said when they lost to the Vikings that the following week, as if they were going to play the Eagles, he game planned for the Eagles. So right. I wouldn't be surprised because he's just that big of a football guy, mm-hmm. and it's a tough loss for him. I understand, but yeah, I I, I just don't think he can play the game with no refs. I know everybody's going to look for a scapegoat. Cody Parker was a scapegoat. Right. Scapegoat in the Eagles Bears game. Alshon Jeffrey was a scapegoat in the Eagles Saints game when he dropped that pass, but. 
So obviously the blown call is going to be the scapegoat, but you got to look at everything. And like I said, they blew a 13-point lead at home. Sure, Drew Brees doesn't get the ball in overtime if they win that game in regulation, but it's there's too many factors to say that that was the reason right. that they lost, but obviously yeah. that's going to be the reason that everybody says. We also should mention there were multiple plays prior that went uncalled that benefited the Saints, whether it be face masks mm-hmm. or holding penalties yeah. that the refs didn't see. Yeah. So in some ways... I, I still don't think that it balances out. I think that just because of the leverage of the situations, the Saints kind of got the short end of the stick. Yeah. But what, they had a 13-point lead at halftime at home, and they had all these calls prior to the final drive go their way, and they still lost. That being said, I think the Super Bowl should be Breeze versus Brady based on the first 58 minutes of both games. Yeah. It's not, but, like, yeah, like, I think I think New Orleans – it sucks. Listen, I'm a Jets fan. Like, I wish that I, I wish I could lose a champ, a conference championship game like that. If I'm being honest with you, like if, if Stefan Gilmore came and railed Robbie Anderson like that at the last minute of the AFC championship game, I'd be like, well, you know what? Fine. Yeah. Like we got here. I don't care. Yeah. You know, you say too that the the refs kind of stiff the Saints. But let's not forget that the Rams were also without Cooper Cup. Right. Todd Gurley had the worst game of his career. He had, like, four rushes for, like, 13 yards. Yeah. I mean, obviously not going to replay the game, but who's to say if they were to play a situation again where Todd Gurley doesn't know the Todd Gurley is. I think this, he had, like, under 50 all-purpose yards, something like that. Like, that's just not Todd right. Gurley. So, really, everything kind of went right for the Saints in that game. Like you said, they had a 13 nothing lead at halftime. They had calls that were blown by the refs, and then it was kind of a microcosm at the end to see how the one big blown call, everything kind of finally converged into this one play, and it doesn't happen against the Saints. Right. So, like, what are you going to do? Right. But I do think that they need to stop bitching about it because it gets yes, a little annoying. Yeah, and they'll probably keep doing it for, until opening yeah. day next and, year. Yeah. I mean, they bitched about it last year, and it wasn't even it wasn't Marcus yeah. Lattimore. Right, and that was that was a fair play. play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it was like Marcus Williams or something like that, like some safety, like some oh, yeah, r- yeah, yeah. rookie safety. I forget who it was. Yeah, just but totally missed the tackle. There, there were like Saints fans calling for, um, <clears throat> I forget who who were their all, uh, Pro Bowlers. Cam Cam Jordan was Camaro Pro Bowler. I think so. Yeah, I think he's a replacement. Yeah. They were calling to like skip the Pro Bowl, like to, like boycott like, the like NFL. That's a, like that's a big like. Yeah, boycott yeah. the NFL. Go play professional football somewhere else. Like, yeah, like where are you gonna go? Where are you gonna I mean, play the in the Alliance are, Football League? <laughs> the Saints are probably back in this position again next year. I mean, they're a you good so? team and they're young. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant as in like the. Oh no! Well, I mean, they're at this rate. Third time like they're a good team. They're young. I mean, God forbid, unless Drew Brees just craps his pants and falls off right. the face of the earth. But I mean, they still have all their pieces coming back next year. Who's to say that? Well, Mark Ingram's free agent, but so okay, but he's not their star. Yeah, but back. I mean, who's to say that they won't be in this position again? Like, God forbid. Hopefully, it does for them. Hopefully, it doesn't. Hope for America. I hope it doesn't end like this. I can't take yeah, this for America. right now. But they could be back next year, and hopefully, if if they have to bitch all the way throughout the year for them to finally make it to the Super Bowl, and so be it. But. I can't stand them right now. White whiteboard material. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Saints should be maybe not just as good as they were this year, but the NFC again. We talked about it on the radio show. The NFC was like was massive this right. year. We all thought that it was going to be past Chiefs in the NFC Championship game. That's what it turned out to be. The best two teams in the NFC, and the NFC was just the Bears. A lot of people were saying the Bears are playoff contenders. Right. And they lose in the wild card round. So, I mean, the NFC again next year. I don't think any teams are really losing any big pieces. And uh, by the way, a big wagon's coming back in Carson Wentz. So, watch out for that. Until uh, week nine when he gets injured again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, the NFC is going to be a monster again next year with four or five teams, series Super Bowl contenders, and they'll all be playing for to see who plays the Patriots in the Super Bowl again. So, who cares? Well, they'll be playing to see who. Uh, who wins the Jets Browns AFC Championship game? I'll see you guys. Later. <laughs> <laughs> so, in all seriousness, all of that drama sets up a Patriots Chief, not Patriots Chiefs, a Patriots Rams Super Bowl. Yeah. Before we actually talk about it, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit because we'll just give you a little sneak preview right. because we got a radio show on Monday so. and and we got another podcast next Thursday. Yeah. So we'll do all we'll do our in depth breaking down there. Quick. Uh, before we even like get into any analysis, the Rams are wearing their throwbacks. I couldn't be happier. Rams by oh, ninety. Yeah. <laughs> Rams by ninety. By the way, oh, little breaking news here. The Dallas Stars will be playing the Nashville Predators in next year's Winter Classic. Where the hell are they gonna have that game? <laughs> they're playing. In, they're playing in Dallas. So. Uh... Let's okay. hope. Let's hope it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> Play it at uh, uh, AT and T, AT and T Stadium. Oh wait, that's not outside though. Oh, 
Like, are you talking about the Cowboys, dude? Yeah. Yeah, it's not outdoors. Oh, well. So. Maybe they'll find, like, a pond or something. <laughs> a pond, a little pond hockey. <laughs> Synthetic ice. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this will break news for you. Okay. So, Pat's Chiefs. Rams wearing the gorgeous throwbacks. So, so Pat's Chiefs again. Pat's Chiefs. Pat's Rams. Uh, <laughs> Pat's Chiefs, but the Rams wearing the throwbacks. Yeah. Pat Rams. Pat, I can't talk. Okay. The, pa- the New England Patriots are the playing the Los Angeles Rams in Super Bowl 53 of the NFL on February 3rd. <laughs> okay. There you go. Uh, okay. Thank you for that. Uh, real quick, who do you guys see coming out on top? Um, to be completely honest with you, this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I don't think the Rams have any chance of winning this game. Yeah, I think it will be a close game. I do not think the Patriots will blow them out, but I don't think the Rams have any chance of winning this game. They, I guess you can say they got lucky to win on Sunday, but I think they were the better team on Sunday versus the Saints. And the Patriots, Brady's lost two Super Bowls, sure, but he's never lost back-to-back Super Bowls. Belichick is going to game plan the hell out of this team. And I just, I don't, I, I think the only way they do is if, they put up like 600 yards of offense, and you need Todd Gurley to have the best game of his career after he came off the worst game of his career. Right. Which I, I'm sure he's gonna have a great game on Sunday or next Sunday. I'm sure he's gonna have a great game in the Super Bowl, but I don't see him having like you know just going completely off on the Patriots defense because they're a different breed in the in the in the playoffs. Unbiased, uh, Nicholas. Unbiased. Well, my <laughs> let me tell you, my bias first would say the Patriots, but. As a Patriots fan, I will say that I am actually very nervous. Wait, for you're a Patriots fan? Yeah, did you know? Are you an Eagles season ticket holder? Okay. I think, honestly, honestly, I think that the. I don't want to say I think the Patriots are going to lose. I'm not going to say that. But in terms of who I think has a better chance of winning, I think that the Rams do. Because I think the Pats have not played a team like this all year. Todd Gurley is the best running back they've played all year. Pats' offense is beaten up. We all know Josh Gordon, you know, he's gone. Um, <laughs> he didn't die. Well, <laughs> rest. Uh, uh, you Gronk, point to the sky. Gronk like has essentially been an extra offensive lineman. He's been a shell of himself. Right. And you think of how the Pats' offense have kind of motored through since they lost Josh Gordon, and it's because Sonny Michelle is putting up 120 rushing yards a game. He has like five touchdowns in the playoffs already, and he's played two games. And looking at the the front seven for the Rams, I think there's no way in hell Sonny Michelle is going to have a game like that. So I think it's going to fall on Tom Brady. And I don't. Julian Edelman's. 32, 31, he's banged up. Gronk isn't the same Gronk as he's been. Chris, Unless Chris Hogan put up 180 yards like he did in Super Bowl whatever. I, I think <laughs> They're that, all the same. Yeah, all, you guys have been to so I many. I think that, you know, I just think that the Rams on paper, I think, have a better chance to win. They have a better offense than the Patriots, and they have a better defense than the Patriots. And also, when you think that usually the wild card of these kind of things is that the Pats have Bill Belichick, then the Rams with Sean McVay. Sean McVay he's yeah. like a damn wonder kid. So, like, <laughs> I think that it... it as an outsider looking at it, I think that the Rams have a better chance of winning this game. And I, if they were to win this game, I'll be sad, but not too sad, because I'll probably see the Pats back there next year. You know, so I don't mean wow, to brag. Okay. Cool. But, it's, yeah, um, it's not like the Red Sox won the World Series or anything. Oh, my God. I totally – did you know the Red Sox won the World – no, but I think that it's – the the Rams <laughs> – I think that the Rams have a better chance of winning this one before. But I, for, I hope to God I'm wrong, because I want to go to a damn parade. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this kid's never been to a parade. They've won 12 12- – how many championships? 17. And I always say I'm going to go to the next one. Wait, stop. Boston teams have won 17 championships since you've been alive? Pats have won five. No, Sox. you're wrong. Sox have won four. Sox and have won four. Bruins and Celsius won oh, one. Oh, true, true. So <laughs> 11. But still. 11. 11. And this oh, kid's never been to like one. like 11 and 17. I love how you like look. You're like, you're like this kid's never been to yeah, one. Like, you're looking at the camera the, over the, there. Yeah, you're like yelling at the, the screen like it's a camera. Ooh, we should do that. We should get a camera. Yeah. little yeah, uh, future podcast action. Oh, I have a camera class I'm taking. So am I. Sharon 106, yeah. baby. Let's go. Oh, I did that last semester. Shout out Sharon Burke. <laughs> okay. I'll probably do a story on this then. We can just do different <laughs> stories at different times so because we have different professors, so we yeah. can just do like the same. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, You're going to have to cut that out because I don't want my professor. Nah, we don't, we don't no, cut something. Yeah, we don't, yeah that's we, don't, right. we don't edit here. Um, I'm actually a little surprised that you think the Rams have a better shot. I'm not like a super Patriots homer. I'm like... You're like a realist. Like, I thought that the Pats could have, like, everybody was like, Pats really destroyed the Chiefs. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, hold it. Here. <laughs> well, like, they almost kind of did. They, well, they came in New England in week, week six. Wait, no, I, I thought you guys were, like, crazy underdogs. Hey, they were underdogs. <laughs> hey, like, still here. Still here. Right <laughs> <laughs> like, against us. Yeah, newsflash. Third straight freaking Super Bowl, bro. Oh, still here. Yeah, we know <laughs> you're still here. You say, didn't go in anywhere. In terms of this Patriots team, this is, like, one of the worst Patriots teams that I've seen in recent memory. Right. Which is, I think, why. I And also, I know I. You and me had a little Twitter exchange, and I think that the whole underdog thing comes from 
national media, you saw Rob Parker's been saying for the last six years that Tom Brady is going to fall off a cliff, and then you saw the Pats after the Pats end up winning and going to the Super Bowl. Did you see the little thing the Pats tweeted, like a clip of Oh, yeah, Bob which Parker? which was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, which I retweeted, by the way. Respect. And then Yo, there was, why'd you retweet Rob Parker? And then there was <laughs> and then there was Max Kellerman, who's been the biggest Patriots hater of them all. Oh, he annoys even me. I'm Shannon guessing. Sharp <laughs> hates the Pats, and you kind of had all these people saying yep. that this Pats <laughs> team sucks. They're not going to go anywhere. Even... Stephen A. Smith, his list of the top five playoff quarterbacks. Tom Brady was five. Dak Prescott was four. Rob Parker's list of the top eight playoff teams. The New England Patriots were eighth. So it's kind of everybody. I don't think everybody's doubting them. I just think that everybody hates them, and that's why they kind of said, bet against us. Yeah, hey, I got a quick uh, Dak Prescott joke here. That, that awkward moment when Dak Prescott's the third best QB in the NFC East. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, cause, cause Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. Oh, and okay. Alex Smith. <laughs> Well, Alex Smith. Oh, because, like, Eli? Rest in peace, Alex Smith's NFL career. It's like, you know, Eli Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I said his NFL career. And, like, like Dwayne Haskins. Oh, I can't, I can't wait for our NFL draft preview, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. Sick. It's going to be lit. Okay, so here's the go. Here's the deal. I, um, do you guys remember when the Rams, like, the first six weeks of the season, were like, oh, Rams, the Super Bowl. Yeah, so you good. said they were going to go undefeated. I said they were going to go undefeated. Um, what happened to that? Uh, Why? Where? You know what happened? Nick Foles happened. No. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everybody hopped off the wagon when <laughs> wagon. Oh. everybody hopped off the wagon when the Saints got hot. The Rams didn't get worse. The Saints got better, and that's why everybody stopped talking about them. Here, the the Rams were thirteen and three in a division that included a team attendant. The Rams were thirteen and three in a division that included a ten win Seahawks team, right. and they beat them twice. The Rams are not a bad team. One of my roommate is is talking about how he thinks that the Pats are going to steamroll the Rams because Jared Goff is too average of a quarterback. So is Nick Foles. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Enough. Nick Foles for AB who says no. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I said that earlier. Obviously, I'm kidding. Uh, Nick Foles for AB in a first. Uh, duh. Um, hot take. Maybe it's not a hot take. This is my first big prediction on the podcast here. Okay, here. Nick Foles will be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins next year. Okay. We won't get it in writing. We'll get it. We'll get it in writing. Um, also, well, we have it on podcast. So we, we will. We will. Have it in voice. That's even better. As far as yards per attempts go, the Patriots are one of the. <laughs> who's calling? Don't they know you're recording a podcast? Who's yeah, calling? Right, as far as yards per attempt go, the Patriots are one of the worst defenses in the league, and the Rams have somebody named Todd, oh, yeah, Gurley. Todd Gurley the second. You guys, you know that name, Todd Gurley the second. Sorry, Bill. I don't. I know number, the first, number, number I don't thirty. Know the I know CJ Anderson. Isn't he the starting running back? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough. She's Anderson thick with four C's. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> I, I think that everyone's discrediting the Rams just because the Saints were such heavy favorites that everyone else kind of slid to the back burner how the Saints are gone. It's like, oh, Patriots over everyone. The Rams, in in my opinion, it weren't even the second best team in the NFC when the Saints were still in. I thought it was 1A and 1B. Ooh, yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Eagles were the second best team. <laughs> For new listeners, I, thought, I shout out the Eagles a lot because, like, you know, yeah, they, he's won got the, they won the Super Bowl last he's year. He's got season tickets on top of the Space Needle. <laughs> hey, you said <laughs> you said they were good. You said they were good seats. You changed your mind. No, they were they're good seats. Yeah, I got them. Thanks. I got them at a Jets game. They were good. Buddy. They were good seats, and I went to the Jets game because it means I was too far away. I didn't have to watch the Jets. <laughs> no, they were good seats. I kid, of course. I, I'm just I'm just pulling your tail. Yo, how are your Pat season tickets? Uh, <laughs> got them. Got them. He watched them on TV. Yeah. <laughs> I watched him in the Super Bowl on TV this week. Baby. Oh. oh. Can't, can't. I'm savoring this week because it's the last week where you can say the Eagles Super Bowl champions. Yeah. So, like. I'm well, no, no. You can always say they're Super Bowl champions. Defending Super Bowl champions. Well, uh, no, because I told you earlier on the radio show last semester that once you're out of the playoffs, you're not defending Super Bowl champions. Which is true. Which is true. So, but, no, it's true, though. Well, you can't defend. They're not defending it anymore. When you're, out of, when you're out of the playoffs. God, the when you're out of the playoffs, you're still the defending Super Bowl champions. No, you are the current Super Bowl champions, but you're not uh, defending it anymore. I don't have to agree with him on this one. I, I disagree. Big facts. Because, I don't know. I, I had to drop one of them. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. I, I just think you're wrong. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, regardless, <laughs> they are. The, the, it's the last week where the Eagles are the reigning Super Bowl champions. That's a better word. Until next year. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm savoring, I'm savoring the moment. And... It's just it's tough. This past this past season has been the most the is it most wild or wildest? 
I think it's wildest. wildest. The wildest season I can remember as an Eagles fan. Because they were 6-7, and seven, and Carson Wentz was out for the year. There was no way they were getting back in the playoffs. But, oh, yeah, you got Nick Foles. So. <laughs> yeah. So. Elite. Sick. <laughs> okay, elite, whatever. Then you can make a joke about Nick Foles. He's a Super Bowl MVP, bro. All right. <laughs> uh, so is Malcolm Smith. I don't know if that means much. Yeah, that's true. Okay, but Malcolm Smith didn't beat Tom Brady in, in the Super Bowl. You so. beat Peyton Manning, so. By 35 <laughs> points. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. By the way, I, I thought Tom Brady should have won an MVP last year in the Super Bowl, even though he lost. He threw for 511 who, who yards. Won it? Oh, Nick Foles. No, I wasn't even at Royce. I just totally – I was thinking of the Falcons yeah. game. I was thinking of James White for some reason. No, but, yeah, it was straight up. I thought Tom Brady should have won MVP in the Super Bowl last year, regardless of the loss. So, like, you can call me, like, a biased Eagles fan all you want, but Tom Brady, he threw 511 yards in the Super Bowl. That's Until this year, I mean, he's going to do, like, for 600. <laughs> it, it, that's never been done before, and it probably won't be done again. Okay. That's just facts. Well said. So okay. So long story short, um, I I don't I don't know who I think is going to win. I think that the Rams have a better chance than a lot of people are giving them, just because of like they are a crazy good team. Like they hung fifty four points on the Chiefs, and they beat yeah. the Seahawks twice, and um, they did a whole bunch of other cool shit. But <laughs> but um, I think it's it's not really a game you can even predict until like the weekend of because i feel like there's so many different things that could happen or change yeah. or, i mean there's just it's so hard and i'm just going to save a prediction for next week because if i give one now i'm going to change it anyway yeah. so by the way screw the nfl for two reasons about the super bowl one why is it no, no roman numerals like i know it's kind of cool looking but the, and you just get confused like Nick just said, well, Super Bowl last year. Not if you yeah. know Roman numerals. Like, well, okay, yeah, sure. If I, I'm a football, I'm, not Roman. I'm a football fan, so <laughs> I'm a football fan, so I know like what year the Super Bowl is. I mean, like what number Super Bowl it they is. They should so, do like, like Super Bowl seven, like the end of the year. What? Like this year? So this year's Super, Super Bowl nineteen. So they stepped out. Now that would be more confusing. Yeah. Who won Super Bowl ninety six? Do you realize yeah. by doing that, Super Bowl one would have come after Super Bowl ninety nine? Green Bay Packers. Uh, I was gonna say Cowboys. Huh? I think Super Bowl one would have come. Wait, after no, you're Super right. Bowl you're right. Yeah, think about that. And Super Bowl 00? And <laughs> why, why are there two weeks between the conference championship games? There's a Pro Bowl, dude. Oh, okay, yeah, they changed that four years ago. The Pro Bowl used to be after the Dude, Super the Pro Bowl's Bowl. lit. No, I actually hate it. time to hype up all the media. I, I love No, it. players hate the media. I love yeah, watching. Yeah, but that's how the NFL okay. makes money. I understand that. It's just so stupid. I'm not the only person It is a good point. I think it's ridiculous that before the biggest game of the season, you're throwing a wrench by adding an extra bye You know week. what? If the AFC Championship's on Monday, I mean Sunday, Super Bowl's on Monday. Okay. Dude, back back. double header that. AFC, AFC Championship in the morning, Supreme, Super Bowl at night. The Supreme Football Weekend. You don't have to leave the house for the weekend. You just watch all football. Oh my my grandfather. I'm sure the offensive lineman would love that. Oh, my God. My grandfather has a brilliant idea when they finally expand the college football playoff in, like, 40 years to, yeah. to 64 teams instead of the four we have now. He said that they should have a super Sunday of football where the college football has a championship is, like, at 1 o'clock on Sunday. And then the Super Bowl to six. How sick would that be? Oh. Shout out Grandpa Dixon. How but, sick but would that be? But then you have problems where... What was that? <laughs> you have problems. Yeah, I'm going to cut that out. Yeah, it's fine. When there's... In college football, when there's like 75 overtime passing touchdowns. Next thing you know, it's 9.30 and they got to wait to start the Super Bowl. No, they won't Because it's those. stupid overtime college Hey, rules. it's 2019. Get two TVs. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. <laughs> like, what's the, I don't, what's the big deal? <laughs> Okay, so moving on. We'll talk about the Super Bowl on Monday. I don't, do we even know when our show is? I have no idea. Uh, no. Yeah, we're, the schedule will be coming out Sunday. So make sure to follow us on Twitter at Circle the Wagons. No, no. Wagons, Wagons WQAQ yeah. on Twitter. Um, we are pumping up the numbers, by the way. Prior to this semester, we had like 11 followers. We're up to like 20 now. Hell yeah. So, like 19, yeah. yeah right we're just there. pumping it up. Uh, follow us on there. Our show will most likely be Monday, not at 11 o'clock like it was last semester. We push for 3 p.m., so hopefully it's then. If not, we will we'll tweet it out regardless what time it is. But it will be on Mondays, and then we're going to shoot for podcasts on Thursdays, but that will be kind of tough since of our couple of our class schedules. If not, it will be Friday. It will be Thursday or Friday every week. So we'll have not only a radio show for you, which is live, by the way, but we will also have a podcast so we can catch up on. Ton of content. Ton also, of content. those daily wagons. Yeah, those daily wagons. Uh, yeah, it's not just football. Now it's all sports. Which is exciting. Yeah. So, Even though today was just football. But yeah. Because the point after was a dope name by me. Thank you very much. And I also kind of picked circle the lines, but whatever. I mean, actually, I did. And you just confirmed it. So. 
Fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's not just football anymore. We're going to stick. I think we're going to stick with Circle the Wagons throughout our I college career. I think we should. Yeah. 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 So we can make, kind of build a brand for us because from the Bleachers, if you're listening to this, we're coming for that show of the year candidate, maybe. Yes, maybe in like 20 years. So maybe in like... Well, <laughs> maybe when we're going for a master's. Yeah. <laughs> maybe our senior year when all of them are maybe. Uh, graduated. Maybe. Take it from. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> So we'll talk about the Super Bowl more on, on Monday, if that's our show, is on Thursday. Before we sign off, because we're kind of long on time here, right? Yeah, like 40-some-odd minutes. Yeah, we're at 50 minutes right um, now. We are called Circle the Wagons. Yes, sir. And so we're going to go in a circle and Yo, say sick. our wagons. How does that sound? Yeah. Is, do you have a wagon, or is your I wagon just your wagon? wagon. Okay, why don't you wagon. kick it off? Who's I'm your wagon? kick it off. All right. I'm going to go with a good old-fashioned, I think the definition of wagon in American sports right now, and for the past five years... There's a team called the Golden State Warriors. If you haven't heard of them, they won three of the last four NBA championships. Uh, yeah, they're back to wagon status right now. They have the best record in the West. They have won nine games in a row. Oh, yeah, and if you haven't heard, they signed DeMarcus Cousins, who is a top-five center in the NBA, and when healthy is probably a top-three center. Uh, he's back after tearing his Achilles last year. He missed pretty much a whole calendar year, but he's back now. And the three games, they won nine in a row, but in the three games he's been back, um, their margin of vic- their average margin of victory is 15 points, which, like, I mean, it's not amazing for the for the Warriors, but, like, there's a steamrolling teams like they did last year and a couple years before that. Um, so, yeah, again, in the NBA, it's like everybody expected. It's everybody versus the Warriors. Who's going to dethrone the Warriors? I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I'm still going to have hope that somebody beats somebody either in the West or in the finals. Uh, maybe my Sixers. <laughs> but they're just, they're, they're a wagon. Like, they are the definition of a wagon in American sports. And they have, I guess you can say, a tough schedule coming up their next five games. They're at the Celtics on Saturday, at the Pacers on Monday, who sadly won't have Victor Oladipo anymore. Um, and then they play the Sixers on Thursday, home against the Lakers, and home against the Spurs. So the next five games are against teams above 500. So I guess you can say they're kind of tough. But uh, the Warriors are back. Boogie Cousins is back. They're the first team since the 75-76 Celtics, I believe, to have all five starters made the All-Star team the year prior. So uh, they're disgusting, and they're probably going to win the championship again. They're my wagon. Golden State Warriors. Katie's snake. <laughs> Agreed. Except for the wagon. Well, okay. Let me, let me start with it. My wagon... <laughs> Nick will answer everybody. <laughs> you want to get closer to the mic? You're kind of back there. This is, this is like the, the crowning moment. Yeah. This is a yeah, crowning My moment. Wagon. So big, big wagon. Of the week. Let's go. Wagon of the week. Is a little easy. A little easy? <laughs> He's back Retired there. from music. He's back. Temporarily, because Big Cat talked him out of it. Yeah, shout out Big Cat. <laughs> James Harden. Um, Typical. He is one of two <laughs> players over the last... In, to, uh, to score over 200 points in four games. If the season ended right now, not including Will Chamberlain, he would have the third most amount of points per game in a season. And then when you think about the Rockets and how were they like sixth in the West right now, you think of how poorly they started. They're without Clint Capella and Chris Paul, meaning that James Harden has literally put this team on his back. Greg Jennings-esque. He has had like four 50-point games this year. He dropped 61 at Madison Garden last night or the night before that. Either way, on an absolute tear, he's averaging just over four more points per game and wins. For that reason... James Harden, my wagon. Um, other than Will, like you said, I think the highest anybody's ever averaged is 37.1. I think it was Michael Jordan. Yeah, Will averaged 50. Yeah. Uh, but we don't count that because he's playing against like guys my size. Uh, Fair. And MJ <laughs> averaged 37. Kobe averaged like just over 35. Like James Harden's like 0.1 less. Yeah. Right Do you there. think – James Harden. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, False. Whoa, whoa. James Harden is averaging 36.3 points per game, meaning he is second behind Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. So, so do, you think, do you think he will pass MJ? I do not. No. And I will tell you why. Go for it. Chris Paul comes back. Yep. James Harden usage rate will plummet. Not plummet, but it will go down a lot. Right now, he literally has the ball in his hands. You saw last game against the Knicks when P.J. Tucker, they hit that <laughs> ball and he just stood there because he didn't want it. He was going to give it to James Harden. When Chris Paul is back and Clint Capella is back, the way they run their offense is totally different. James Harden isn't going to have the ball in his hands every single play. They're going to have Chris Paul there, too. Yeah. He's not going to have to huck up 50 shots a game because Chris Paul can also hit shots. I mean, the, the, the Rockets, like, literally suck other than James Harden. Eric Gordon, he won a three-point contest, like, three years ago. <laughs> What's he done since then? Clint Capella can dunk. You win six man of the year? Nene, yeah. like, retired, and then he's like, never mind, I'm coming back. P.J. Tucker can't even get the ball in the inbound. It's literally James Harden who runs that entire team. That's why Mike D'Antoni's like, you know, James, just take every 
goddamn shot because you're all he had. He puts up like 25 free throws a game. Yeah. It's literally James Harden. I don't know how this guy can walk right now. His legs got to be so goddamn heavy. He might be. I wouldn't be surprised if he got injured going into the playoffs because the amount Whoa. of time that he's. Had. I don't want to wish injury, but I'm saying the amount of time that he's on. Like he's playing like literally like 40 something minutes a game. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But he's av- he's putting up 36 points a game right now with arguably the top five. I don't know if he's still top five point guard in Chris Paul. But um, when Chris Paul comes back, he's not going to be dropping 60-plus points every game. Do so. me a favor. Add up how many points he's got in his last five games. Quick maths. Quick maths. I need a calculator. Oh, boy. Call majors. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. Wait, we're call majors, too. Tell me about it. <laughs> 204. 204 points. You know how many in his last four games? Unassisted? How many of those points have been unassisted? 204. Yeah. Yeah. That, which is, if which you don't is include crazy. Inbounds. <laughs> Every single one of the points he scored in his last five games have been unassisted. That's what I'm saying. He's literally the entire. He literally is. It's, it's here. Take the ball and then I'm gonna go do my own thing. That's all right. Okay. Will Fowler. Wagon. Will Fowler. Will. I, I call this one Will's weekly wagon. Even though I'm probably gonna come with two, one for today and one for the radio show. Um, Big facts. The most surprising team in basketball this season. Who's it been? Denver Nuggets. No. Wow. Really? Oh. Guess you gotta guess. Sacramento Kings. No. Okay. Brooklyn the Brooklyn. Nets. They currently sit at, I, I believe, oh, absolutely, 26-23, and 6th in the Eastern Conference. Whoa. They've won 8 of their last 10 or on a five-game winning streak. At the center of that is D'Angelo Russell. Karis LeVert went down uh, a couple months ago. Everyone thought it was going to be season-ending because he, at the time, he was their guy. He was averaging 22-23 a game. Yeah. He was not, not surefire, but he was on his way to being an Eastern Conference All-Star. Recently, Spencer did when he went down, and D'Angelo Russell has been picking up the slack. In his last 10 games, he's averaging 24.5 points taking over the offense, and he's shooting well, too. He's typically a guy who can score if he's shooting a lot of shots. He's not shooting that inefficiently. He's shooting 50% from the field, 44% from deep. So he's taking his shots, and he's taking efficient shots, and he's scoring 24.5 points per game, last 10, uh, 7.5 assists per game, and he's doing all of that by hardly getting to the stripe. These are real points that aren't coming from free throws. He had a three-game stretch uh, versus Sacramento at Orlando at Houston. He didn't make a single free throw in any of those three games, and he scored 31, 40, and 10. Like, these are, these are points that he's actually scoring. He was a second overall pick by the Lakers a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually the reason I got into NBA basketball. I don't know if I, I've told you guys that story before, but D'Angelo Russell is the reason I got that I became a Lakers fan. He's the reason I started following the NBA. And he was a meme when he got drafted. The first two years, he was he was a meme. He was a starting point guard with Jordan Clarkson uh, as either the sixth man or the two. The whole Lakers team was a meme. It, the whole Lakers team was a meme. snitched on Nick Young, too. Right. I, I was going to get to that, yeah. He's, he's got a steal in nine of his last ten games. I mean, he's, he, this is the first thing he's broken up since Nick Young and Iggy's, Iggy's relationship. Oh! Oh, God. Can I ask you a question? Oh, big facts. As a Lakers fan, would you feel more confident if they had D'Angelo Russell as their point guard right now instead of Lonzo Ball? Um, no. And here's why. D'Angelo Russell, well, hold on. D'Angelo Russell is absolutely going off these past ten games. Yep. He's averaging, I said before, 24 points in the last ten games. Last five, he's averaging 28. He's, he's taking the reins, and he's guiding this Nets team somewhere where they weren't supposed to go when Karis LeVert got hurt. Um, a great sidekick is Jared Allen, who's probably one of the best rim protectors Spencer in the league at the moment. Too. Well, he's injured. But, um, Dwight Howard's the best rim protector in the league. That is enough. Whoa. Um, but as, as far as that question goes, D'Angelo Russell right now is a great scorer. Lonzo Ball is a great everything else. And he, he got hurt, but he's already – you guys are going to laugh at me for this, but, like, statistically, <laughs> up. he's already one of the uh, most elite passers in the league right now as far as Alonzo Ball. Alonzo, we're talking about Alonzo Ball. I think that's, yeah, I that's fair. For that. uh, people have said that on that's Twitter. That's what Well, people Twitter are stupid. Well, hold on. He's a 6'6 point guard, which means he can pull down rebounds. Yep. He's actually played really solid defense since he came over. And he can't shoot, but he's been getting better at shooting. He's a much better shooter this year than he was last year. So if you're going to ask me one of the two, especially because Lonzo Ball is like 20 years old right now, I'm going to take Lonzo Ball. But that doesn't take anything away from what D'Angelo Russell's in his last 10 games. As far as individual wagons go, D'Angelo Russell has been taking over this injury-riddled Brooklyn Nets team, and he's got them comfortably in an in a Eastern Conference playoff spot. I was talking to Kieran before, you guys' roommates, a Nets fan. Yep. And he was like, in his, in his unbiased opinion, I actually agree with it, even though I'm not a Nets fan. He said, if I'm any team in the East – Except for maybe the Bucks, I do not want to see the Nets in the playoffs right now. He also mentioned the Pacers, but that was before Old Depot went down with the injury. I think the Nets can let me bring up the standings. The Nets can beat the Hornets in the Heat in a seven-game setup. 
The Celtics, who knows? They're all over the place. They're, they're, get they're getting they're getting better, yeah. The Sixers, I think the Sixers would ultimately win, but the Nets could absolutely take them to seven. Yeah. The pa- with with Karis Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie, absolutely. The Pacers, they can take now. Toronto and Milwaukee are like the wild cards. But if the Nets stay out of the seven and the eight, they don't have to worry about Milwaukee or Toronto because they're going to yeah. get the top two seeds. Long story short, D'Angelo Russell, no wide relief. I like that. That's, I, I like that little individual. I do too. It's like a, like a final final roar kind of thing. Yeah. Shout out Q30 Television. Shout out Q30 Television. All right, so I think any anything else you two knuckleheads want to get in here before oh, I sign off? Uh, Knucklehead. Not really. <laughs> oh. No. And any shameless <laughs> plugs you want? No, but speaking of knuckleheads, did you see last night on Inside the NBA, uh, Shaq was ripping Charles Barkley because in like I think it was like 1993 <laughs> or something like that. Uh, Charles Barkley won the NBA, also getting MVP, and he only scored 17 points, but he had 22 rebounds. Okay. So Shaq was like ripping him for it, and then they pulled out Shaq's stats. And he won MVP like four years later, and he had 17 points and like, <laughs> and like three rebounds. Yeah. <laughs> so Do you remember? Um, Shaq, Chuck got the last laugh on that one. Did you see uh, when Dick Vitale and Charles Barkley were doing the college <gasps> basketball game? And Dick oh, oh my God! He hit and, it! <laughs> Dick Vitale, oh, it's 2 nothing in the first half! Dick Vitale. Uh, I will not stand for this Dick Vitale slam. <laughs> okay, guys. Sorry, we can talk about it It's going to be awesome, baby! <laughs> Um, Dick Vitale asked Charles Barkley if he was ever McDonald's All-American, and Chuck was like, no, but I ate McDonald's, <laughs> and it was all over Twitter. Did fun. you see, too, like, last night, he, like, fell asleep when they were on the air? Yeah. He I totally believe He slowly started to close his eyes, he's like, <laughs> yeah. Also, one last thing about TNT, NBA on TNT. <laughs> Reggie Miller, love the guy, one of the best three-point shooters of all time in the NBA. Also, the great choking Also, the great choking meme against the Knicks, and the, oh, great 30 for 30, by the way, Reggie Miller versus yeah. the Knicks, if you got a chance to watch it, watch it. Uh, anyway, Reggie Miller... They asked him for his um, all-star reserves, and I only saw his Western Conference reserves because they're now a meme. Um, one, he picked Paul George. Who's, who's a starter. Who p- was picked as a starter, yeah, so I guess he didn't get the memo. <laughs> and then at the bottom, he put Zion Williamson oh, yeah. on the Phoenix Suns, who, by the way, is in college playing for the Duke Widows. So, so he has stuff. Reggie Miller is now a meme. One more question before I sign off. Do yes, you guys sir. think Luka Doncic should be an all-star? Yes, nope. big facts. Not a starter, but not, he no, no, should no, no, be. He was six votes shy of being a starter. Wow. Who who started over him? Uh, Paul George, I think. Uh, well, yeah. Doncic, does he play two? Maybe he. I don't know what they put Donchich him on to go. He plays that. He plays that. Yeah, there's no position. That's true. Yeah. Yes, I do. He's. We talked about it. I think it was me and you. We talked about it earlier in the week. He's a lock for rookie of the year. Yeah. And barring like a catastrophic injury. Which I hope to God it doesn't happen. I think even I if he does get injured at this point, yeah, because I love enough. watching Luka Doncic play. He's a locker rookie of the year. He's having a great rookie season. So yes, I think it should be. He's, he, I think that he'll get it. And I think the writers will yeah. notice that. Do you think the Hawks regret that trade? Hundred percent. Well, I don't know. We got. You can't. Yeah, obviously, that's... you can say now because Doncic is having a better season than Trey Young, but Trey we'll Young's having a really good season yeah. though. I mean, yeah. He's, he's yeah. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon had a really good rookie year in Virginia. Yeah. yeah. That's true, but Malcolm Brogdon was also like a twenty-four-year-old rookie. It was a second-round pick. Yeah. Trey Young was the third overall That's pick. He's averaging like 18 point. and 8. Okay, I'll sit, I'll sit down. Yeah, you yeah, should. Well, you're sitting already. So. Okay. Um, cool, so that was, a, that was a short discussion, so I can sign off now. Sign um, off, baby. Sign it off, baby. Be sure to follow our Twitter, at WagonsWQAQ. we got plenty, plenty, bi-weekly. Is that, is that twice in a week, or is that once every two no, weeks? No, bi-weekly once every two weeks. Yeah, once every two weeks. Okay, cool. Just so, say twice a week. So the, the reciprocal. <laughs> we're coming out with content the reciprocal of biweekly. How's that? I don't know math, so. Well, reciprocal is like if it's a fraction. So like if biweekly is one one content every two weeks, you just flip it. So it's two contents every one week. Oh, uh, gotcha. So that's why I go to Quinnipiac, not Yale. Well, Yale is just on the road if you want to go down. <laughs> Yale Art Museum, highly recommend. Highly recommend. Never been. Big facts. Um. I mean, I don't. I said I wasn't going to say big facts, and I dropped okay. like five. <laughs> um, yeah, be sure to follow us on Twitter at WagonsQAQ. WagonsWQAQ. Plug the wrong account. At WagonsWQAQ. Hopefully, our radio show will be up Monday. If not, it'll be up Wednesday. It doesn't matter. We're going to have a podcast coming out sometime next week anyway. And. Whoa, we just couldn't miss friends. Yeah. But you guys already are, so. Whoa. I'm kind of the young now. Until Monday at 3 Till Monday at 3 p.m. Gentlemen, I think it's time we... Uh, Gentlemen, I bid you adieu. I'm going to start this completely over. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. I think it's time this is we... the uh, longest sign-off ever. Hang, hang up the mics, knot up the shoes, and uh, go and do something that's not sitting down at a desk. What do you think? Uh, Big facts. Big facts. All right.
We'll see you on Monday for the radio show. Go Pats. Go Pats.